You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 29. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey guys, so in this episode, we're going to be talking with Yara Sutra, the pleasure priestess, and true to her name, we're going to be talking all about sexual pleasure. We're going to talk about what it is, why it's so important, and we're going to go into a deep dive on how to achieve it. You can check out the show notes for this episode at atouchofflavor.com forward slash 029, and if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. So today we're talking to Yara Sutra. On the cutting edge of spiritual and sexual consciousness with a side of hilarity, Yara Sutra is the pleasure priestess, and she's a leading authority in teaching women to transcend shame, unleash their authentic sexuality, and celebrate womanhood so they can go from being in pain to being empowered. Yara's been studying and mentoring women in health, empowerment, and sexuality for over two decades. Her powerful wisdom is rooted in over 25 years of applied study in dance, sex education, massage, holistic health, personal development, and shamanic healing. Please tell me I pronounced that word right. Yes. Okay, good. Yara Sutra is an expert in guiding women and learning how to create a newly single life that's even better than they could have imagined. So before we get into our topic today, I'm really interested in talking about this transforming women into being more empowered after breaking up. I think that's really interesting. How did you decide to get into that? It just has been a very organic evolution. Um, I, I tend to really hone my skill on what I'm going through myself. And a lot of my time as a healer and, and, um, and being in service to people, I was in a relationship. Um, I had been with my high school sweetheart. We were together for 22 years and, uh, it, just developed into people watched me go from being brokenhearted and not knowing what the fuck I'm going to do to really stepping into my own in a bigger way than ever would have been possible had I been in that relationship. And so over time, people just started coming to me and all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is what, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) This is what I'm already doing. And so I was moving from being a massage therapist and a priestess to then working, you know, um, really in pleasure and helping people uh, really tap into a deeper level of intimacy. And then all of a sudden, almost everyone was coming to me with their breakup and how, like, how were they going to move forward and how did I do it? And, you know, what was the, like, how did they get their confidence back? And they just feel so broken. And, and this just became my, my path. And as soon as I really was like, oh my God, this is actually what I think 
that I'm supposed to be doing. I just started showing up in people's lives in perfect timing, like just when they were getting ready to sign divorce papers or just when their husband told them that they didn't want to be married anymore. And it just turned into this like very divine path for me to really help women let go of the pain and the disappointment and anger. And, and so it doesn't turn into this crystallized resentment and instead using their breakup as a catalyst, as a launching pad into a life that they really fucking desire. And that is like brings them immense pleasure. Yeah, it's funny. That's actually very similar to how Cassie got into doing what she's doing now. I'm like, the parallels are crazy. Yeah, I started coaching and how that happened was I was doing a lot of classes around BDSM and sex and polyamory. And I offered a coaching program as a, well, a free consult actually, as a, um, sort of a bonus for something else that I was doing a charity for. And I ended up getting this person who did a consult and I was only planning on it really being like this one kind of consult sort of thing. And then they were like, well, I'd like coaching. And I was like, okay. And then I had a couple other people ask me for coaching and it kind of just formed on its own. And I love it. It's fantastic, but it sort of uh, well, it was it was so funny because she was really pitching herself as a sex coach because we'd go from we we we'd gone from doing like a lot of events around like the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff, educational events and things like that, and she 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 was pitching herself as a sex coach, and everybody still and, and like all her writing and all her media appearances and everything were on sex, and everybody was coming about relationship stuff. It was just crazy. Yeah, yeah, mine was very similar as well. So it's, it's just funny. It's a very, very similar kind of story. Yeah. So we're going to be talking today about a subject that, well, it's very dear to my heart, which is pleasure. And I think we can all agree that, you know, sexual pleasure is important. But I think for a lot of people, they have sort of an idea of what sexual pleasure is. And I'd be interested in what your definition of sexual pleasure is. Ah, definition. Well, I mean, if we take the actual definition of what pleasure is, it's a happy satisfaction and enjoyment. So for me, sexual pleasure is, first of all, an absolutely necessary ingredient to fulfillment. Oh, yes. But it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely necessary. Um, but sexual pleasure is, it's all encompassing. It's like, it's exquisite. I don't have a definition. It's just all encompassing. It's how, how everything feels during intimacy, during sexual exploration. You know, we are, we're a pleasure-seeking society. Uh, we spend most of our time seeking pleasure and sexual pleasure is just how we uh, fulfill ourselves in that, in that sense of wonderment um, when we exchange sexual energy. Our sexual energy is creative energy and it's an absolute limitless, renewable resource that is an essential ingredient for our personal power and our autonomy and our freedom. And so for me, sexual pleasure is wrapped up in, in how we really live to our full potential as human beings. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think Cassie's just over here nodding the whole time you're talking. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. So I guess that brings in the question of like why it is not looked at as so important. I think a lot of us ignore pleasure in our lives as far as, especially when it comes to our sexual selves. Like we look at things that we have to do. Like we have to do the dishes. We've got to, you know, go to work and make money and do those things, but we don't necessarily put an importance unless you're me on pleasure. I'm getting looks over here like bullshit. I'm like, I'm like, wait, are you talking to her? Are you griping about life? I'm not entirely sure what's (laughs) going on over here. But no, I'm saying that a lot of us don't put a focus on making sure that we get our fulfillment as far as pleasure in life. We don't make that a priority. Right. It's uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So unfortunately, um, I think that one of the big issues is, is that we take in so many different mixed messages about pleasure in our society, in our upbringing, in our families, um, in our bodies, in ourselves. Now, I, I work specifically with women, and so that's my expertise and my forte. And what I know is that, you know, women are shut down and they're disconnected from their sexual power because of the history that came with it, right? So, like I mentioned earlier, our, our sexual energy, it's power. It's where we have our personal power and our autonomy. And so when the patriarch, smash the patriarch, when the patriarch came in and they wanted to disempower women, the first thing that they did is they made, they vilified our sexuality. They vilified our vaginas. You know, they made us dirty and the, our sexual drive, we became sluts and whores. And it was, you know, it's a religious thing. It was totally repressing and shaming sex. And so now when um, we're in the modern age and it's like, we have these mixed messages where on one hand we're getting you know, with the media and Hollywood, we're getting all of these messages about pleasure, but then we're also still ingrained in this um, religious, you know, chemical makeup. Like, I don't know what else to describe it. Like for me, like I'm not even in religion anymore, but I, st- uh, but I was raised in it. Right. Like I was born into a, I was born into a, well, a freaking cult and sex was not talked about and oh my gosh my grandma would be you know up in arms if she knew that I was the pleasure priestess but what it is is it's it's taken me um, dismantling all these mixed messages and so it, it does it becomes a back burner issue um and the way I say it is like when you put it on the back burner you forget about it and then it just burns and you've got this just crustiness, right? And those are like, in my opinion, those are the women that are like the the crusty, the bitchy women. It's because they're not in pleasure that that's a back burner issue for them. You know, it's it's funny. We uh, we didn't. And w- one thing that we we talk about quite a bit actually is something you talked about where you know it, it's it's amazing that men who are sexually fulfilled, you know, that's cool. Or, or, you know, have, have different partners or accomplished sexually. That's cool. And women, they're sluts. And we actually just had a whole, it's funny that you went to the whole religion aspect. We just, uh, did a whole episode with Frenchie Davis 
who is um, with a, an organization that's working to change the way certain religions approach sex to their congregations. And we just had a whole discussion about this in the history of religion and the history of the Bible and how some of these attitudes came into our society. It's interesting to hear kind of the same the same thing being, I feel like this has been brought up like the last three podcast episodes in some kind of different form now. <laughs> Very true. Well, I mean, it's, it's our past, it's our history, and it's really had an effect on how society, uh, how society has been shaped around sex. You know, so it, it makes sense that if you're going to bring it up, <laughs> a touch of flavor is going to definitely have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, I feel like it's something that even outside of a religious sort of sense, there's a lot of focus on it. Like, even in our son's school, like learning about sex ed, they're still teaching things like how girls shouldn't be making the first move. Boys should be. And how if I told your post, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was right. Oh yeah. We, we live in a County that apparently still has abstinence only education and it's, it's horrendous, but they're still teaching things like that, that women cannot ask or things that make them feel fulfilled sexually, particularly. Or that when they have sex before marriage, it's horrible. But, you know, when they have sex after marriage, it's like fireworks going off. And stuff This like is high that. school. High school. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we're, we're not correcting the problem. We're still putting those things out. And I think that it plays into this whole you know, imbalance of society's views on like six male pleasure versus women's or trans people um, or non-binary people's, you know, sexuality. It, it plays into this idea that the only people that are entitled to pleasure or fun sexual experiences are cisgender men. Right. Men, boys being boys. Boys being boys. Oh, yeah. Boys being boys. Uh, oh, she's doing the same thing. What a slut. So I actually, I have a, I took the word slut and I made an an acronym and sluts are sexually liberated, unapologetically transcending sex shame. We have one of, one of our best friends. We were, uh, was it in a scene that she said this? Yes. We did a scene. Uh, we were doing a scene, but anyways, I, I don't, I don't remember the, the exact, it wasn't exactly what I was doing a scene, but I do remember her screaming, sluts are just people who know what they like. And that has become, <laughs> yeah, that has become my definition of a slut. Sluts are just people who know what they like. And ask for it. They don't just know, but they receive it as well. <laughs> Definitely. So like going into that, I think that it's really interesting because if you look at like some studies and things like that, like if you look at Planned Parenthood, they have some statistics around women and orgasms and they say like one in three women have trouble reaching orgasm when having sex. But when you look into things like male orgasms, uh, they often say one out of 20 men have issues ejaculating at some point in their life. Like that's a very big difference. Like one out of three women is not getting sexually satisfied but one out of 20 men may have some problems ejaculating at some point in their life. You know, keep in mind the difference between the time frame you just said, too. You said one in three when having versus in a lifetime. That's yeah, that's a pretty big, pretty big difference. And we still don't feel that there is like an importance to put a priority on women's pleasure at this point. That's 
so true. And I just find that shocking that there's no, I'm, I'm curious. So the women, um, the women who come work with you, are they coming from any particular background? Like, so like, are, you know, we, we deal primarily with people from the kink and poly scenes. Um, are the women who come to work with you, are they, are they coming from any particular background or just, just from the background of, uh, you know, of where they're at in their relationships? Uh, sometimes not even in their relationships, just where they are at, um, in their own lives. And no, it's like the, there's been no particular, um, pattern for how they come to me. The, I would say the only pattern is that I hear most often is, oh my God, I can't believe that you just showed up right at the perfect time. Like I just magically appear in people's lives. Um, you know, like whether they're signing divorce papers or, or, or what, but, um, uh, so it's just all different types of walks of life, just women who, um, that they're bouncing back from something, some kind of traumatic experience. Most, my most narrowed focus right now is bouncing back from breakup. Um, but they come to me from every, every direction. Yeah. The, the reason, well, the, the reason that I'm, I was asking is cause so I, like I said, we, we, we come from a, a lot of our, the people we interact with come from the kink and poly scene. And I feel like it is not as, uh, the idea of a woman's pleasure being important, I don't feel is like as strange there, you know, like, like it's, I feel like it's a pretty, a much more commonplace thing than in, you know, in, in, in maybe the rest of society. I'm curious, like, do you feel like the women who come to you have problems with realizing that their pleasure is important or they have in the past? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, there's, so I, I have my clients do the same, the same assignment is their first assignment. Um, and that is to get a bar, a jar of coconut oil and lock themselves in the bedroom for 45 minutes. And sometimes ladies, I like the minute I say 45 minutes, they're like, are you out of your mind? 45 minutes. I don't have 45 minutes to myself. It's a really clear indicator that they have a problem putting their pleasure ahead of anything. Like the pleasure comes at the very tail end. If they have any time, any energy, any, anything after a full day of giving to everyone else, then maybe they'll have like a private bath time. So to get someone to go into their bedroom for 45 minutes, and I'm like, I'm not even telling you to self-pleasure for 45 minutes. I want you to spread coconut oil all over yourself, not as if in your moisturizing your skin, but as you're using it to, as a tool to give yourself exquisite attention. And that's what I feel that particularly for women, that that's where our pleasure comes from is the exquisite attention to, to what our needs are. But when we're not even giving it to ourselves, we can't really expect anybody else to give it to us at the level that we need. Because, uh, you know, I say it's like, it's like when you're on the airplane and the flight attendant tells you to put on your mask before helping anybody else with theirs. It's the same with giving ourselves attention. It's the same with giving ourselves pleasure. We have to fill up ourselves and be pleasure filled when we match with somebody. So then we're not like desperate and hungry for somebody else to turn us on. 
And so I think it's extremely important to, um, to make pleasure a priority. And so that's, I, I have to work on that with my women because no, they, it's, and some of them, even if they come from a community where, you know, sex, where it's a sex positive community, it's not necessarily a, um, female pleasure centric community, if that makes sense. Right. When you're, I know you're not talking specifically about sexual pleasure here, but when you're talking about, you know, it's hard when you can't give it to yourself to, uh, you know, to, to expect other people or or to accept from other people, you know, that I think that goes especially with sexual pleasure, because if you don't know what works for you, it's pretty much impossible for you to communicate that to anybody else as well. And that goes for sexual pleasure, just like it does for any of the other stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think it's paramount for sexual pleasure. I think that, that each of us needs to be our own best lover first. Because everyone's different. So like if I come in and I have a new lover, that person might think that they're super fly because they've made the other women before me orgasm waterfalls, right? But if if they come in with an agenda that they know how to touch my body, I guarantee my body's gonna be like, nope. Right? So we because we need to know our own bodies, we need to be able to to tell somebody what turns us on. And if we just, you know, if, if we go in blind because we're not spending time being our own best lover, then we don't really know what we like. We know what other people give us. Does that make, yeah, that makes sense. No, I think that's, that's actually a fantastic quote. I love that. That's, uh, that's great. As Rigel types it down as a quote. I, maybe, maybe (laughs) I just did that. (laughs) Awesome. But one of the things that I really liked that you said was that you were talking about pleasure and you weren't necessarily just focused on like the getting off or having an orgasm aspect of it. And I think that a lot of us get caught up in this idea of thinking sexual pleasure is only orgasms and tend to forget that there's a lot in between, you know, just hanging out with your partner, sexual pleasure, and actual orgasms. I think trying to separate those two things, a lot of people don't do that. And I think sometimes we get a little caught up on the whole orgasm thing. Definitely. I, you know, I just, I mean, I know it's kind of a weird analogy, but it's like orgasm is to sexual pleasure like death is to life right? It's the end. It's the destination. (laughs) But there's so much to enjoy that if we focus, like if, if you think that orgasm, if someone thinks that orgasm is like the ultimate pleasure, it's like they just get in the car to drive really fast instead of to have like a road trip and a journey. The body is it's an erotic terrain that is just waiting to be explored. And so when somebody just focuses on the orgasm, right? Like they're paying attention to one part of the body, but the biggest sexual organ that we have is the skin and it covers us from head to toe. And there's so much to explore and, and to use within our five senses that brings such 
immense sexual pleasure to an experience that the orgasm is just like a part of it, right? It's like, oh, yay. If it happens, yay, awesome. If it doesn't, oh my God, that was still so amazing. So it's like taking taking the orgasm as just one of the things that is a possibility in such an exploration of sensation that it just, it makes the whole experience uh, profound, right? From the moment somebody nibbles on your ear, it it's, brings such a delight that it, it's, it's, own experience. It doesn't have to lead into orgasm. And so I'm really clear with people, you know, like I like to make out like a freaking teenager who did, who expected not to have sex, right? When you're a teenager and you first get in it, like you're just going in for the makeout. Oh, do I get a makeout? Ooh, do I get some tongue? Ooh, do I get to touch her titty? Ooh, oh my gosh, is that a bulge? Oh my God. Like it's so exciting. But then once we get to be adults where we're, we are having sex, all of a sudden it becomes like orgasm, 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 orgasm. I'm like, I like to make out. We, uh, we just, we just got done yesterday. Maybe we record these in batches a lot of times. And we just got done doing an interview yesterday with, uh, uh, Mark Michaels and, and Patricia Johnson. They're the ones who wrote, um, uh, what the hell's the name of that book? It's, uh, uh, Tantra for Erotic Empowerment. And we talked to them about Tantra. And one of the things we were, you know, we were talking about and when they were talking about kind of how, how Tantra tends to take a view of things versus, uh, you know, the Western world a lot of times is that, you know, it's, it's, it's very goal focused, like sex a lot of times is very goal focused instead of just focusing in the moment, focusing on what you're doing, you know, and not having a specific destination in mind. Right. All about feeling in the moment. And I think, I think it turns into this idea of sort of like getting a notch on your belt. There was actually an article in the Everyday Feminist not too long ago that was three ways men like wanting to focus on her pleasure during sex is like screwing it up or something. Um, And they had like three points about how like toxic masculinity messes up like the focusing on her aspect of it because it's really like centered around this idea of, you know, I got her to get off. It's, It's something that I gained. It's something that I won. Or it's, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily just want to say that it's just a men thing, but I think that for a lot of us, it's like this idea of like another notch on our belt or another thing that we've completed. Like we've gotten our partner off and we did it. I've got to hold on. But before we go further, I've got to say, I just pulled up that article and we'll link to it in the show notes. I just pulled that article up and it's got this picture and the picture's fine, but the caption says, Two people against the wall being intimate. One person looks bored, the other engaged. <laughs> that might win caption of the year. Oh my god, that's that's fucking fantastic. That was awesome. I actually I actually had an experience um very <laughs> very much like that, like you just explained. And um I was with a younger man, and I'm you know, like I'm a tantric priestess. I can have an orgasm fully clothed on the dance floor. I can have an orgasm breathing with the sun, right? Like I'm a very, just, I move my energy and it's very orgasmic. And I was with a younger man. Um, and yeah, you know, I had an orgasm. He was like, oh my God, I've never made anybody come like that. <laughs> and 
I just couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I was like, oh, you didn't. <laughs> Bitch, that wasn't you. That was me. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't. I'm like, trust me, if you've never made anybody come like that, you still haven't. I just know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, you don't get to put a notch on your belt on this one. <laughs> because, yeah, he just, he wants, they want to take credit for um, making us feel a certain way. And, you know, I had, I had one lover that it's, he went in with an agenda. He wanted to make me squirt. And the fact that he wanted to make me do anything, my pussy was like, oh, hell no. You don't get to be in control of that. I will want when I want to. <laughs> and, you know, it's it, when people go in with an agenda, they miss the entire possibility for, you know, like going in with a fresh set of eyes and finding new ways to turn people on is part of, I don't is part of our sexual evolution, right? It's not just tits and ass. It's like the all encompassing of, of pleasure and ecstasy and just being human and what our bodies can do and how we can make each other feel is it's a journey. It's a delightful orgasmic journey. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's one of those things that we kind of have to put like our egos aside because it kind of comes down to this idea of, well, if I don't see it or hear it, it suddenly isn't as cool. Like there needs to be that visual, that orgasm, that thing at the end. And if I didn't do it, then I failed, right? Like I failed. I didn't, I didn't get to do that accomplishment that I was trying to achieve. So how does one deal with that ego, I guess? Well, I think one of the things is like what I just said is going in with as the student, right? And just look like sexuality is not a win fail type of situation. It's it's a journey, it's an exploration, it's discovering what you like and what you don't like. And when we go in thinking that we're the masters and we're trying to um make something happen, uh, then we just we, we get too wrapped people get too wrapped up in their heads. So I think that going in as a student, like, ooh, what's you know, like how like how are we gonna do this today? Like what's gonna happen? And like you said, putting aside the ego, but I think the way we put aside the ego is going in with curiosity. And that to me is the student, you know? Um how is this going to be? How does this make you feel? How does this make me feel? How do I actually feel in my body in this moment instead of thinking, right? Like what I'm going to do next or what move I'm going to try and just really allowing everything to happen organically. But I think the biggest thing is the curiosity, you know, and really expressing that curiosity, trying new things. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that definitely answered my question. And so here's the thing. I don't want to be dismissive to orgasms. Orgasms are fantastic. I just want to put that out there to the world. They're amazing. They're very important to me. Um, I don't want to make a disclaimer. I want to make the disclaimer now that I am not saying that I do not appreciate and love my orgasms. But I guess all orgasms, importance aside... What are some ways that people can create sexual pleasure in their relationships and for themselves? Like, especially, you know, kind of separating the two, but like 
getting yourself to a point where you can create situations where you're experiencing sexual pleasure and enjoying it, even if it's not necessarily going to lead to an orgasm? Um, well, one way is to look at orgasm differently. Uh, for me, the, there's climax, right? There's climax, there's release, there's ejaculation. And then there's the whole orgasmic, ecstatic journey. Um, but for me, like the way to, you said, what was the question again? Like, what are some ways to create? Yeah. To create like sexual pleasure and to do that for yourself with not necessarily the goal of orgasm at the end of it. (laughs) I would go in specifically saying, I'm not going to have an orgasm. Like I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do orgasm today. Um, I've actually done that with lovers and been like, I want a quickie. I don't even want to orgasm. I just want to like have the, like the build up, and then I want to be done. And you know, I get looks like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I just <laughs> like, I don't want to orgasm. I just want to feel, I just want to feel you in me right now. Um, and you know, with myself, like I'll explore different parts of my body and, um, this is why I wish sometimes we're on video, but where like, I'll include, you know, like I'll be massaging my leg and then I'll come up and I'll brush by my, my pussy, but brush by my clit, but never have it be like a focus of I'm going to rub one out or I'm even going to penetrate at all. Just include it and just feel the sensation I'm, I'm a big proponent in feeling sensation, right? Like, how does that feel? Oh, that that's tingly or, oh, that starts to heat up real quick or, oh, I don't like that at all. Don't touch me like that. Right. But to really explore, like that's been a big word for me in this interview is like really explore and embody, you know, so movement and how does it, how does it feel to move seductively? Like, what does that feel like slowing the body down and just really tapping into different aspects of pleasure? Me personally, when I want to feel sexual pleasure just by myself, I will turn on, um, I love DJ Dakini. I'm going to give her a big shout out right, right now. She's out of Australia and her music just makes me want to move deliciously. <laughs> just like, yeah, if I'm by myself, if I'm with somebody else, it just makes me want to move deliciously. And sometimes I'll, I'll put her music on and I'll dance or I'll put her music on and I'll give myself a massage. I've also put her music on to fully self-pleasure too, but there's, you don't have to you don't have to bring yourself to a climax to really enjoy your body and enjoy sensation. Uh, And one of the things I do is I now listen to my body. I have the benefits of working from home, so I can do this whenever I want, but there will be times where I'm creating something like a project I'm working on. And all of a sudden I get heated in the moment and I'm like, Oh, right now. And my body's like right now. I'm like, but no, right now. And so I'll just give her what she wants. Sometimes that right now is like a get up and dance right now. And sometimes that's a, like, take me to the bedroom and let's have some time. You 20 minute break, give, you know, give yourself some space. 
you'll come back. <laughs> like she, she'll negotiate with me. You'll come back and you'll be able to be more clear and write better, you know, cause I do a lot of writing for my, um, for my marketing and for my clients and stuff. And so it's like just listening to when that pleasure alert goes off, like give me some and, and taking that intuition and, and going with it. So that's another one <laughs> that I would definitely suggest. And if somebody works in the cubicle and is listening to this, okay, maybe you can't like go to the bedroom, but you can put your hand down and send yourself some energy. Like I'm listening to you. So when we tap into that intuition and give our intuition, what it's telling us to, even if it's not like the full thing, our intuition keeps, keeps feeding us and cycling the sexual energy through us. (laughs) I think those are some very helpful suggestions. And I know for myself, just from a, you know, just from my own perspective, listening to myself is probably the best thing as far as me being happy. Like you were talking about like, you know, her, her talking to you and being like, come on, 20 minutes. I found that in my life that when I ignore that voice, and I don't think it's necessarily a voice that's coming from the back of my head. I think it's probably a voice that's coming from my crotch. I'll be honest. When I... <laughs> When that pops up and I pay attention, it tends to bleed positively over into the rest of my life. There's there's the time you don't pay attention to it. Yes. And that's the time when I am like not a happy, joyful person. And typically I am not necessarily the best me I can be when I don't listen to those needs. And everyone in my house knows this. <laughs> well, I, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard of Christina Morassi. She's also, she's the pleasure CEO. And she has this quote that she says that her pussy is her best business coach. And it's true. I mean, like my, the voice that tells me to go, it definitely comes from my pussy. I named her. Her name is Her Majesty. I do what she tells me to do, and we're all happy. She rules my kingdom. You know, she rules my business. And uh, and it's true. Like, I'll be frustrated and, like, you know, I'll use writing as my example again. But I'll be, you know, working on something and just frustrated and it's not coming. And I'm, like, trying to get it done. And then she'll be like, yeah, it's time to relax. It's time to go pay attention to me. We'll come back to this later. And lo and behold, I have so much inspiration come through when I've taken care of my needs. I think I may have finally found a kindred spirit. Well, there's that. Yes. But aside from uh, uh, <laughs> my goddess. Yes. Um, I was actually going to say maybe the the first thing in life that really can dom me. I was just having like an epiphany. I'm like, my vagina doms me. I don't bottom to nobody, but I bottom to my vagina. I listen to that bitch. Like, <laughs> I follow her direction. And sometimes I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? And she's like, don't <laughs> argue with me. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's why I gave her, you know, I didn't give her the name. She told me her name was Her Majesty. I'm like, yes, Your Majesty. Okay. (laughs) She will not lead you astray. (laughs) I love that she doms you. (laughs) 
I feel like I'm going to regret this statement at some point in my life, but um, I think it's true. So on that <laughs> well, note- Well, hopefully it is because it has been memorialized for all time. I know. <laughs> so on that note, I think it's time to move into our speed round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Speed round. Here we go. All right. So the idea is to get through these questions in under a minute. Like most people don't. It's okay, but do your best. <laughs> most people don't. Yeah. It's it's 10 questions. It's it's 10 questions in 60 seconds. So you have about about six questions, six seconds for each one. I don't I don't move that fast, but we will try. Here we go. Okay. All right. What's something you're not very good at? Um answering questions quickly. Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. Oh. I feel like we need to make this one the last one because everyone gets hung up on this one. Yeah. Make that the last one. Let's start over. <laughs> this is where Josh gets to just, you know, cut. Um, I don't know that almost nobody agrees with me on, but I think that one of the things that most of my lovers have had the hardest time is that you can really just change your beliefs by changing your mind. Best piece of relationship advice that you've ever received. Uh, take time for myself after a breakup to get realigned before starting to date again. What are three things you couldn't live without? Uh, a dance floor and music. <laughs> That's one. Um, sexual pleasure and connection. What turns you on? Um, so many different things. <laughs> what turns me on? Um, Somebody wrapping their hands in the back of my hair and pulling my head back gently to expose my neck and licking up and down my neck with some biting as well. Yeah. A book you would recommend to our listeners? Loving What Is by Byron Katie. What's your biggest fear? The one that I bump up against the most is being misunderstood. What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? It could be sexual or non-sexual. <laughs> Um, the most adventurous thing I've ever done, I would, I would probably say I went on a backpacking trip to Costa Rica, uh, on my own right after, um, a separation with my husband went to go find myself. Who is your movie star or TV crush? (laughs) So many, um, Bradley Cooper is probably the, he's the one that pops to mind the most, but then there's. Oh, there's so many. We'll just stop there. There's so many. <laughs> What's something you're working on right now that you want our listeners to know about? Um, I am getting ready to really launch this new niche of mine, um, like the focusing on really helping women bounce back better than ever after breakup and um, really to get their groove back. And so that's. I'd really like the, you know, everybody to step fully into themselves and, and come out the other side feeling whole and complete and ready to take on life like the, um, like the full potential we are as human beings. So anybody wants to follow me, they can hop on my email list at um, unapologeticallywoman.com and I will definitely be um, launching from there. Well, you answered the last question in that uh, in that answer. So yeah, the last you're done. Question. You made it through. You survived. <laughs> the last question was, "Where can our listeners find you?" And you just hooked us up with it. So you answered two and one. 
<laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Biggest, the, the biggest fear one got me. I'm like, ooh. Well, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. And uh, I love talking about pleasure. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Yara was amazing to talk to. Uh, Before we hopped off, I just wanted to take this opportunity to let you guys know that we are starting our Mastering Open Relationships program again. Uh, Our start date is going to be April 9th. For those of you that aren't familiar with the program, it's a program that helps non-monogamous partners navigate open relationships while preserving what they already have. We want to help you guys avoid jealousy, resentment, and guilt in dealing with your relationships. I know this isn't a poly-focused episode, but as I said, the next start date is 4-9. We only have 10 slots available, and I wanted to put it out while you guys have an opportunity to join the program. Uh, And we also don't know at this point when we're going to be running the next one. So if you're ready to create massive change in your open relationships, you can go ahead. You can set up a call with Cassie to see if you're a good fit. She has uh, certain qualifications that she looks for in people that she works with. You can hop over to a touchofflavor.com forward slash call to set that call up. And we'll also put the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. Okay. On the cutting edge of spiritual and sexual consciousness with a side of hilarity, Yara Sutra is the pleasure priestess and... What the fuck today, man? Seriously. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing is, fucking I always have him him do the reading people in because he doesn't mess up as much as I do or stutter. So I don't I think know. it's because I reposition my mic and I'm trying to kind of talk and read sideways. All right. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off.